Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Channel, where every Friday we'll be covering a new installment in the classic horror franchise. Go to weirdgeeks.com to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details, and news on our very own feature films, albums, and shorts that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced, and no infringement is intended. Rockin' baby! Geeks! 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 Yeah! Hello, welcome back to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every single Friday we take you through another installment in the classic horror retrospective franchise. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me throughout all of the recording films has been Alexander Chard. Hello there! And Alison Holland. Hello, hello. We did it, guys. We made it to the end of yet another series. Put the book on the shelf Woo! by the figurine. So I do. I have a um a little. What's the word when you do something? My brain's fried today. Surprise. By the way. We're in. No, I don't have a surprise. Present. No, stop it. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. Ice cream. When your teachers are giving you homework. It's like I've got some ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I have a a oh fuck what is it um, like a thing that you do every time that something happens. So each time basically we do a podcast series. A tradition. I like thank you. I have a tradition. It's not as bad like as my other options. That, I mean, it depends. The tradition could be we all get ice cream. Well, mm, that would be nice. I'm down. Not here. I'm in London. It's too cold. <laughs> too look. Too cold. That's all I have to say. The high in Chicago this week is negative 10. So I think you're fine. I mean, that's not my problem. This is my problem. And it's too cold here. <laughs> so if you're in Chicago, get out. That's our advice. Get out. Although they have some nice streets, which weirdly remind me of London. What are we doing? A tradition. Where at the end of each series, I like to buy like uh, normally a model of some sort of some sort of physical thing that represents the series we've done. And then we put it somewhere in our office. Unfortunately, we've done a lot of series now. So our office is getting littered with things. I believe there's a predator bust that just turned up, Alex, by the way. Oh, very exciting. But let me guess, for this series, you bought a pair of Tristana's undies. <laughs> I just got used underpants. We're going to frame them. hang on the wall. On the wall. It's, look, it's a, been a problem with this one because there's nothing. There's nothing I can find. And I think this is going to be a repeating thing throughout this podcast so if you're mm. new to us hello welcome please head on over to weirdgeeks.com where you can patch out to all of our social media you can email us directly for weirdgeeks.com or just by typing mail at weirdgeeks.com or fuck you at weirdgeeks.com you can also then go on itunes and help us out immeasurably by typing in weirdgeeks going to the right of the two ladies who are super super happy and way more popular than us and you can subscribe to us and you can rate us and that means the world because the only way you can support us because we don't do patrons we don't do banner ads and we're not gonna try and sell you any tristana's undies <laughs> i mean that i think we are gonna try and sell you <laughs> yes so but normally in our wrap-ups this is a place you can call home if you don't want to listen to how many eight hours ten hours i don't know ridiculous amount of hours uh, if you want to know specifically about these series you go back you listen to the particular episodes and we're going to walk you through the entire film we're going to tell you all the interesting and not interesting <laughs> trivia mm. and you're going to get our full feelings here in the wrap-ups what we normally do is we talk through the films again get our little sort of truncated feels on each film yeah i can't believe i said feels that was a complete mistake feels. Feels oh boy it's the beginning of the end of our lives <laughs> Oh, I wanted to, can we just talk about Glass? I want to do that. I haven't seen it yet. Everyone go and see Glass so I can fucking talk to people about it. Yeah, and then we get into, a, for the normal episodes, we talk about the IMDb scores. We're going to be looking at Rotten Tomato, both the critic and the audience scores. And then we get into facts like media stuff, computer game stuff, comic book stuff, all of this stuff. And then 
we go into our list, which are normally sort of best kills, best masks, best whatever. There's very little for this series that we can do with any of this stuff, guys. So it's going to be a shorter podcast, that's for sure. And yeah, I can't find a nice little Tristana statue because I'll tell you what, I would enjoy a Tristana statue. Well, oh, that you would all be will great. both be getting some physical gifts from Tristana's me. Tristana's undies. I will remind you of this film, but it might not be. Tristana's undies. Apparent did that you, this did is you what release from. a biotoxin in, a, in an apartment <laughs> block? <Yes>. Stay <laughs> tuned, yeah. everyone. Here's here are the keys to a penthouse suite. <laughs> <laughs> it's a penthouse. Yeah, enjoy it for the weekend. Ignore the rats and the dead vicar in the ceiling. Also, please watch the children. <laughs> yeah, never go up into the attic. <laughs> All right, so let's let's do what we normally do then, and then we'll hit the brick walls as we hit them, shall we? Uh, Wreck was the first film in this series. It came out in 2007, only 11 years ago. Not that long ago That for is us. crazy. When I was going back over the years of these films, yeah, it's- they don't feel that old. See, I feel- well, no, uh, yeah, no, I know what you mean. But for me, like, Wreck's been such a big part of my life, because I loved Wreck 1 and 2 for so long. Yeah. It feels like it's been around for quite a while for me. Right, right. It was budgeted at just $2.1 million. It grossed $23.2 million, which is, again, not Hollywood money, but a very good haul for a $2 million budget. Now, I think we all recommended this film. We all enjoyed it, didn't we? I, I think, um, yeah. I feel this is, yeah, this is just one of the most interesting found footage films. It's doing something very simple on the surface. It just feels like a zombie found footage movie, of which there have been many. But it's just a ferocity to it that I like. The lead character can be annoying in places, but at least she seems real. I like that you never see the cameraman. I, there's a little bit too much of people just running at the camera screaming, but <laughs> it, is un, it is unnerving. And it's really, for me, as I think, Alex, you'll definitely agree. Not sure about Ali, but found footage films are made by those last five minutes. And the last five minutes, I think, are fucking fantastic. In yeah. One. Yeah. I yeah. Agree. I think they, they, they never really topped that, did they? I mean, that just really, yeah, it was such a wonderful sort of surprise and twist to what at that point was a, you know, a found footage zombie film. So it was so cool. And and a thing I liked about Wreck One was that it made us the cameraman. It made the viewer the cameraman. Yeah. Which was their intention because they were like, what was, what were they, like they wanted that sort of first person shooter feel, didn't they? They particularly wanted that, they, yeah, they were influenced by video games. I think it was the second one where they wanted the FPS feel a bit more. Right, so yeah. More of an action-y thing. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and I, I thought that was, um, yeah, an interesting take. It was cool. I haven't seen payoff. enough found footage franchises to know if this is common, but I would guess that maybe it is just because I think it's the same with sequels and remakes in general. But I feel it's usually hard to recreate the kind of energy that you have in the very first one, especially when in the first one you're able to do things like not tell the actors specific things that are going to be happening. And then those become tropes to the franchise. So then you want to be able to recreate it in the later films to call back to it, but it's never going to have quite the same effect just because everybody knows that that's a trope of it. Kind of like with Halloween, the head tilt in the very first one is so good. And then every time they try to do it afterwards, it just doesn't really work. Yeah, I think you're right. It's the problem with every sequel yeah, or remake is you want to do the things that made people happy because that's what it liked about it. But as soon as you do it again, it's not the same. And yeah. then if you do something different, you're then at risk of changing it up too much. And you're probably not going to start magical gold again. Yeah. But it is like, it is magic when something really, really works in cinema. It's a, it's a combination of so many elements that just magically come together. And there's only so much control you have over that. So yeah, I think it's a problem that you're kind of stuck in a trap with sequels, as we've learned. 
in many of these franchises, other than Child's Play 2, obviously. <laughs> Loved it, recommended it. I'm still convinced that with these first two films in this franchise that, um, yeah, they should be enjoyed as a double bill, which is how we watch them. Yeah. No spoilers, a little insight into how we prepare this series. But yeah, I think, you know, they're both just over an hour long, so- you know, it's um, and they they happen right off the back of each other, and I think watching it that way kind of pulls you out of that expectation of of watching the second as a sequel and and sort of judging it more critically up against the first and being like, oh, okay, well they're playing the same beats here, blah blah blah. But watching it as a single kind of narrative back to back, I think I think helps the second one. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And we should mention quickly that Jama and Paco Plaza, they're two directors. So if you are joining us for the first time with this, yeah, there are two different Spanish directors um, for the first film who would then go on to do the second one together. But before we even get to the second film, America did the remake. We We did the podcast in order of let's do all the Spanish ones, then get to the remakes. But 2008, just a year later quarantine came out uh, just to confuse our editing team because they thought it was a different series because it's not called wreck <laughs> if you're going to remake films guys call them wreck call them the same fucking <laughs> name as the original no just all remakes whether or not it's a part of the yeah series. every remake wreck. just call it wreck yeah budgeted at 12 million dollars as opposed to the 2.1 million <laughs> the original way 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 i mean this is by far the most expensive any of these films in the franchise gross 41.9 so nearly twice as much grossing however about what's that i can't do math eight times more to fund something like that or a stupid amount more money six times but he did more. build the entire apartment 12. this wasn't a real apartment yes i mean this is where this is going to get really tricky guys because it's the separation thing isn't it i think i mean i felt if you came just to quarantine and you'd never seen wreck then you're doing life wrong but it's a fine film. Like, honestly, like, it's a little bit, it's, it's a little bit stupider. The lead character drives me up the wall a little bit more. <laughs> but it's fine lines between this film and Wreck that make Wreck just so much more superior in my mind. The ending, they try and replicate it, but the effect of Tristana isn't the same. It's, but it's decent. Yeah. But if you've never seen the first one, it, you might not think that. No, but that's what I mean. Yeah, if you've never seen the first one, I think you could watch Quarantine. And it's actually a decent, it's a solid found footage movie done by a solid director. Um, who's done other ones like the Pukispsi tapes and As Above, So Below, or whatever it's called. Like solid, just glossy American found footage stuff. And mm-hmm. it, and it's good, but because it's almost shot by shot identical to Wreck, and Wreck, I think, is superior in every way. Yeah. I just don't see, there's no reason for it to really exist. Although the gross would tell us otherwise. <laughs> yeah. It's been really hard detaching those films for me. Yeah. But yeah, like, you know, if I do take a, let myself take a step back, then it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, it is a solid film. If I was seeing that for the first time, I'd be, I would sort of immediately be less impressed for it being a found footage because of what we talked about. There's so many recognizable actors in that film. So immediately I'd be like, okay, well, that's sort of one negative mark that I'm going to give them right away because- that doesn't sort of appeal to me and what I feel makes found footage great. And that it felt very scripted and deliberate, like their interactions and all that. But yeah, it's still a glossy kind of, if I was seeing that for the first time, I'd be like, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's interesting. Like a really interesting idea. The end, yeah, has is nowhere near like as good as, as Wreck um, and has doesn't have as great a payoff. I was thinking about it again today and I was like, the, Yes, they went the sort of rabies angle, but then why the old woman in the attic? Like, that still doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's confusing. Because, yeah, to be clear, there's like a twist at the end of Rec 1 where the church gets involved and there's sort mm-hmm. of possession demon stuff, which then tangles the mythos of zombies and demons together, really. 
And in quarantine, they get rid of all the church stuff. It is just, yeah, a biological weapon, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And then you still got a sort of Tristana figure at the end, which is confusing, <laughs> but I guess it's just meant to be experimentations gone yeah. wrong or some shit. Yeah. I think what's interesting for me is, Alex, I agree with you. It's hard to separate the two and judge this on its own. And I think it's safe to say that all three of us were a little disappointed with quarantine, given that it's shot for shot. They copy even the like main character's name. Everything is just exactly remaking literally the first film and i think if we had watched it in chronological order i would maybe have started off the series with a really bad taste in my mouth and it would have affected how i saw the rest of the films if we had started the franchise this way rather than the way that we did it watching all the spanish films first i think maybe up until four we were pretty happy with how it was going and for the first time in any of the franchises that i've been a part of they were different every time and that was really exciting so I think that helped a lot with the energy of and how I felt about the other rec films before we got to quarantine. It was nice to have mm-hmm. some space in between them. Yeah. Yeah. And then 2009, the next year, so three years in a row, guys, different rec films. Rec 2 then came out, as we said, the returning duo directors from the Spanish team budgeted at 3.8 million, so a little bit higher grossed 18.5 million, so a little bit lower. Now, this was when we came to this series. I mentioned it for Rec 2. This has been one of those films that I've always used as an example for a film that I thought was actually marginally better than the original. Going back to it back to back, as Alex was saying, I think it works so well back to back, even though things are slightly more over the top, slightly more heightened in Rec 2. But no, I don't necessarily think how I used to. Like, I was a little bit disappointed going back to it. But it's a lot of fun and there's a lot of invention and some of the stuff I forgot about it. I always remember the duo camera stuff. So you, yeah, you're with like more of an army team going in there you got way more camera setups you've got then a switch to a bunch of kids who are in the building as well and then you go backwards and see the whole film from their perspective which i thought was cool you go outside the apartment and get more involved with the crowds but then the really cool stuff is also the stupid stuff when it comes at the end and they realize that light doesn't reflect wherever tristana is so they start using the night vision to see stuff that's not there in the room and it was just like it's silly but it's fucking cool and it's inventive and they're trying stuff out and i really like that and i wish i wish more of this series had done stuff like that you know yeah yeah i agree like i loved that we saw that we had multiple i guess found footage from from the perspective of kids the perspective of the um the military guys i felt that it was very clear that they'd had success in the first one they'd been given the budget was like was it double in this one uh 3.8 so almost. almost yeah so you could tell they had a bit more money because the army SWAT team found footage bits looked very, very glossy, very glossy. And there were some bits where it just, where it didn't feel like found footage anymore. It felt like very, we talked about this There's the bit where uh, Tito, the young boy has become a zombie and they've interrogated him and they made the decision to put the cameraman over his shoulder and pointed back at the priest who was interrogating him, which didn't feel like found footage anymore. I mean, yeah, you got the bits where, yeah, yeah. There's some purposeful framing of stuff, which is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> People like crouching around getting angles. A little but, cinematographer-y. Yeah, but it was still like a really fun extension of the first one, I think. Yeah, and it takes place the same night, which is cool. Yeah, this is where I found my love, Lada, who <laughs> I love him so much as a character. And then I also love slash hate that they had him kill himself the way he did. But I was just like, yeah, I mean, if I were in your 
position, I'd probably do the same thing. I honestly barely even recognize him. I know, but he's so great. (laughs) crazy. Ugh, love him. Shout out to Lada. Is that all you got to say? Yeah, that's just <laughs> that's move on? All, right. all I care about in that film. Seems fair. Uh, two years later, we got the sequel to the American remake, Quarantine 2 Terminal. It's so weird that they're like in parody with each other, like yeah. bouncing back and forth. Uh, estimated, and this is only an estimate because there's no official budget, but of $4 million. So similar to Rec 2. Gross, nobody has any idea. It had a very limited <laughs> theatrical release, and then it was straight to digital and DVD and Blu-ray and stuff, so... Actually, not even Blu-ray. You can't get this one on Blu-ray. Not even in Germany. And Germany is the place where you can get m- pretty much any horror film on Blu-ray. So I import a lot for now. I couldn't find it. So their budget for the American ones went from $12 million to four. Yes. Quite a drop. Yes. No, the, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but also accurate. I don't think you need to spend more than $4 million on a found footage movie. No, they should never have had 12 to film. begin with. <laughs> no, it's crazy. Um, and this one, yeah, it tried to do so. I mean, this was the last one. We only reviewed this last week because we did it in that order. But yeah, they tried to do something different. Alex was joking about planes with Terminal because he didn't realize <laughs> that it really was is right. about planes. For me, it's just the thing of, I like some of the ideas here. I'm glad that they try and be a bit brave. I think zombies on a plane, I wish there was more time there actually and not in a warehouse, which most of this is set in. Yeah. But the acting's not great. Some of the effects when we get to it later is not great. The directing is just adequate at best. It's just a very it's just a very boring movie that has at least a bit more imagination for me. That's how I felt about it. So I can really struggle with how I feel about it because it's just very forgettable. And even though we did it last week, I've already I really lacking <laughs> already it out on most things about <laughs> it. Yeah. Other than the terrible blue screen at the end when the kid. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> excellent sunset very realistic <laughs> what about you guys is this one sticking with you better i don't mind this one mostly i f- yeah i kind of i almost feel indifferent again i'm still happy that they're doing something different and they have new ideas especially coming off of quarantine where they had zero new ideas but i agree with you i wish they had stayed on the plane longer it's not like they didn't have access to the set it was there and they go back to it in the middle of the film so i wish they had utilize that more i think i found that more interesting being in a confined space and somewhere that we're all familiar with and i really wish she had had to fly the plane i know (laughs) i'm really bummed they didn't run with that they just introduced this bit of information for no reason it's very silly many times yeah no they keep coming back to it like grab the stick i'm like yeah fucking grab it get out of there it's the metaphorical stick allison apparently I yeah, like I give it. this film credit, yeah, as well for its invention. I think just with the order that we watch the films, watching the Spanish ones and then watching Quarantine, you know, it's not a great film, but and especially off the back of Quarantine, I was just like, "Ah, oh, cool, you're trying something." And I and I appreciated that a lot. And I think because because of that opening shot of her in the taxi putting her top on and just the look <laughs> and feel, like it immediately I think with other franchises and other retrospectives we've done, with certain films based on the previous ones in the series, I've allowed my expectations to to really affect my, my way of viewing a film and judging it. Whereas this one, with that opening shot, I was like, oh, okay, this is just going to be silly and trashy. And, it's, <laughs> and, and I was fine it's with that. It's kind of not. That's but it's not. It, it's, it, yeah. It's, but, but at the same time, I guess- I guess what I'm saying is I it lowered my expectations sufficiently enough that I didn't feel Seeing disappointed. That you enjoyed it more. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, okay, cool. And then they and I felt that yeah, it was it was a they were trying, and I said that in the last one. I just felt they they wanted to try something different, and they they gave it a a good old try. And then I <laughs> and I appreciate that. I, I in many ways I appreciated it more than quarantine because of that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Sure. At the year after 2012, we not only got Rec 3 Genesis, but at the same time, we got Rec Historius in Editus, our first extra media, really, uh, which is this collected comic book. If you want to hear us go into it, then go back to our Rec 3 episode because we go through every single short story that's in that. But that gives us more history to do with Tristana, whether we want it or not. It gives us more history to do with the, the priest dudes. It's got. It adds to like the whole mythos. I wish it was translated. It's only available in Spanish, but if you're interested in this, I think we said it's somewhere on Facebook. You can Google it. Yeah. And you'll find like a uploaded version of it that you can browse through. And there's a couple of cool ones in it I liked actually, at least with the art style and the mood. But yeah, that was to accompany Rec 3 Genesis. Jama has gone off and he's making sleep tight at that point. Paco Plaza took over and did <laughs> the, the most controversial episode in the franchise which begins in found footage and then about a third of the way through gets rid of that and just turns into a traditional film which i really appreciate i love i love Mm -hmm. that yeah budgeted at 6.4 million dollars so the most expensive of the spanish entries so far and overall and gross only 10 million so it's really coming down yeah and it's set at this wedding it's got a great collection of characters it turns into a proper kind of weird comedy but there's still like real violence in there as well like some great bloody effects yeah and i think the first time i saw it i didn't mind it but i got why people were kind of angry because people wanted you know after wreck one and two which are very nasty and serious they wanted more proper spookies and this isn't that this is happening at the same time um as those films and it's kind of this weird light relief and i really appreciate it for that now i really do like i think it's actually a fun little film that has some problems but it's a good time yeah i remember when we watched this and I had to go back and listen to our past podcast to see sort of where I landed on it because as we went through the films and I'd reflect back on this one, my appreciation and, and my enjoyment of it and why I liked it started to like really increase and I sort of started to hold it up more. Yeah. And yeah, because going back, I think when I watched it, one of my issues was that it did feel too outside of the first two films. It did feel too kind of goofy and cartoonish and I didn't like the comedy elements Although I really enjoyed the opening and like you said, how that split from found footage to, to just a regular film. But but I had those sorts of issues with it where I was like, yeah, it doesn't feel the same. It does it feels like they're just being too silly now. But then I still but then as we kind of progressed through it, I was like, okay, well now I'm sort of seeing this uh, and we spoke about it, I think, sort of feeling like a spin-off to the series. But it's still very much tied into that world of the first two, which I really appreciate and value. And I love the kind of I love now the fact that they it's kind of this off the wall sort of horror comedy almost now. And, yeah. and I appreciate its execution because it, it still looks really great and it feels great. And it's still tied into the elements of the first two films that I that I really enjoyed. Yeah. Which is every time I reflect on it now, it just sort of brings a smile to my face because I sort of remember different elements about it and can really appreciate it more, I think. I'm with you on that as well, Alex. And that anytime before we do these wrap up episodes, I usually go back and I reread my notes. And there's always one film like this in each franchise where it's maybe this one was intentional or had intentional comedic moments. Other franchises, they have films that are funny, but not because they wanted them to be funny, but they ended up being funny because they're so bad. And anytime I'm rereading through those notes, I always find myself enjoying the film a lot, lot more just remembering how ridiculous and silly and fun it is. And it makes a big difference, especially when we're like doing this as a group of friends and it's fun to laugh at all together. It just makes it a lot more fun. You talking about Seed of Chucky right now? Seed of Chucky, the fourth Texas Chainsaw. It's just, it's more fun. (laughs) I mean, these are the films you should be watching with your friends. They're not, 
<laughs> watch at home, take it seriously, judge it seriously kind of thing from my perspective, yeah. but like maybe because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I remember having problems with this movie, obviously as a movie itself, but at the end of the day, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's really funny. See, I feel kind of the opposite way. I'm like, I have no problems with this as a movie, but I have problems with it as part of the Rex series, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel it's kind of, I feel it's had the whiplash effect that in a very different way, but also in a very similar way that Solo has had. Um, and you can listen to our Star Wars series about that, but just your expectations of it in the franchise. Yeah, it doesn't really work. But the just as a film, I actually think it's great. Like, I think yeah, if this yeah. was just the film that came out, I was like, yeah, it's a great little weird zombie film <laughs> set or wedding, you know? Yeah, which I enjoy. But then Jama did come back two years later with Wreck for Apocalypse. This is the last film. And as far as we can find, there's no information about either the remakes or the originals coming back. I'm sure they will at some point. Budgeted at $3.5 million. That's the estimate for that. So, I mean, he went on record saying all the Wreck films had roughly the same budget, which... I don't know about that because Genesis, I think it's confirmed at 6.4. So his is almost half that. It made, now we said on the podcast about $600,000. It did, but that was, I believe, America. Overall, it made 3.7 million. So it just about made its budget back with marketing. I doubt it made that back. But then obviously there's digital and DVD and Blu-ray and stuff. But yeah, definitely the most underperforming of the entire franchise even though I guess we don't know what Quarantine 2 did. But still, this is a, yeah, this was seen as a big disappointment. No found footage here at all. Purely done as a normal film. We have returning character, what's her name, Angela? Mm-hmm. Vidal. Yeah, the original TV reporter. Yep, from Wreck and Wreck 2. And this follows on literally from, it kind of, again, Genesis Wreck 3 is there, but you can ignore that. You can watch Wreck 1, 2, and then this one, and they lead, they're meant to be seen as one big film. Wreck Set 3 is, this, it is mentioned in this film, though, I think. The events are mentioned, aren't they? The events... The events of Wreck 3 are referenced in this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of the but wedding attendants. Mm. Yes. But I just mean in that it's been designed as this trilogy where you could just like, yeah. as we said, cut out oh, the yeah, that's right. and just yeah. watch one, two, and then four. And they just follow Angela's story, mm-hmm. essentially. Again, this is one I was very angry. If you go back to a podcast I listened to, I was pretty pissed off. <laughs> But there's more. But the reason why I was pissed off is because this is the last fucking film. You know, like this is meant to be the end of it, and it's just, it's just an adequate zombie film. Like that's all it is. An adequate zombie film set on a boat. It's shot in a glossy kind of flashy way that looks like Jam is trying to advertise himself to Hollywood. They don't do enough with Angela. Instead, they bring in this other fucking male lead who just he gets he gets my blood boiling. He's so <laughs> terrible and so little charisma. It makes me just really livid. He's like a talking brick. <laughs> he really is. He really is. There's, I just finished Resident Evil 2 and I was remembering you used to be able to finish it six times and then you could play as a block of tofu. That's how I feel he is. <laughs> <laughs> just a block of tofu with a gun. And a doctor. Yeah. So it's just like, it's just, I was angry because it's such a wasted opportunity. If it had just been another stopgap and there were going to be more, it would be like, oh, well, that's a shame. It wasn't everything it could be. It's not that interesting. But it's made perfectly fine on, you know, on the technical level. Um, and I do appreciate they're doing something different with it in the setting. But the ending is stupid. Like All the men are stupid. There's no, yeah. it's just like everyone's trying to keep secrets from each other the entire time when... You're all on a boat. They can't escape even if they wanted to. So you may as well just all be honest with each other. But it was just like everybody was angry and secretive the entire time. Just wasn't very interesting. Yeah, I haven't got over the disappointment of this film. It's it was such a <laughs> it was such a frustrating ending for me. It felt like they were trying to shift it more into Resident, like we were mentioning Resident Evil, f- shifting it into Resident Evil territory. It, the thing that I keep have kept going back to 
in all of these podcasts is that I loved the elements of of it being a zombie film, but with demonic possession and having that kind of overlap and and sort of the the characters sort of exploring the science of that, but then also the religious aspects of that. It was a it was a cool, interesting. A different sort of take on on a zombie film, whereas this just felt okay. Well, now we're going to finish the series. That's the frustrating thing. Is like we're going to finish the series and just take it into the territory of a more standard like bioweapon yeah. kind of theme. And then the the ending in the last shot was just horrendous. Actually, several <laughs> last shots. There were several kind of sort of buttons that they kind of put on the ending of this. Uh, the one I, with the parasite, and then w- the one with Angela. Oh God, the fish. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, and then the one with Angela in the van, and it was just like, oh. just so. I just feel so disappointed, and it, it's I have not got over it. I you know, I might have to rearrange my list of <laughs> we get to the end of this podcast. <laughs> I mean, actually, I think it's weird now. Come talking about it because Rec Four is more what I would expect from Quarantine Three. Like, it seems more of an American sequel remake than what i would expect from the rec series itself mm-hmm. like i could totally imagine a quarantine three being like okay we did planes now well let's do an oil rig or do a boat in the ocean or something and just setting it all there and just making a very standard american zombie film set on that with a stupid ending could completely imagine that happening which is just what makes it even more annoying yeah to see it from the real series and the same year they did rec el libro oficial this is the official book that behind the scene photos and then also fills in a little bit more of the law. But again, only in Spanish. So you need to import that one and take Rosetta Stone lessons. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they're the films. There are rough feelings. We're going to place them in order uh, at the end of this show. Recording again. Okay. I just wanted to rewind and go back to a bit that we laughed about a lot and that I just remembered. And that's when the in Rec 3, when the quarantine team throw over the top over the fence <laughs> with no roof just with no roof <laughs> i think that deserves special uh, mention that, that's, that was ridiculous all right guys i want to play the rotten tomatoes game because we know the scores on imdb we went through those episode by episode at the top but rotten tomatoes has a whole different way of doing it obviously and you got critics and audience now and we're not just going to go higher or lower i've placed the films in order for critics and then the films in order for audience of their scoring on Rotten Tomatoes. I want us to go through one by one and see if you guys can guess. Okay. So what do you think is the number one critically rated film from this franchise on Rotten Tomatoes? Rec. Rec. Recording. Correct. Recording is the correct answer <laughs> with 88%. That is pretty good. Pretty fucking high. What do you think is the second highest franchise film from critics on Rotten Tomato? Rec 2. Recording 2, yeah. Incorrect. With 75%, it is Quarantine 2 Terminal. Oh. Yeah. That fucking surprised the shit out of me. That really <laughs> did. I couldn't believe it. What do you think is the third highest rated film in this franchise by critics? Rec 2. 71%. I'm going to say Quarantine. You're both incorrect. It's Rec 4. Apocalypse. What? With 71%. <laughs> Who are these critics? <laughs> this is amazing. I'm just going to keep saying Rec 2 until I'm right. This is as of, you know, the beginning of 2019. So things might change if you listen to this in the future. But I doubt many more critics are going to be reviewing these films now. Uh, What is the fourth highest film? And we're running out of options. Rec 2. I'm going to say... I'm going to say quarantine. <laughs> Ali is correct. 1.68% Rec 2. Finally. Well, two points technically. One point to Alex for Rec. And you've got two films left. What is the second to last with 57%? Genesis. Quarantine. 
<laughs> Alex gets a point back. It is quarantine. And so, of course, at the bottom with 40% from critics is Rec 3 Genesis. Wow. Everybody Interesting. hates it. So that is two points each. So really nothing. We might as well have not played. So let's go <laughs> to the audience game. What do you think is the number one film rated on Rotten Tomatoes by audiences from this franchise? Quarantine. <laughs> one point to Ali. Rec with 81%. <laughs> What? Hang on, have I got enough? Oh yeah, I do. What is the second highest audience rating? On I'm going to say 60%. Quarantine. 60%. I'm going to say quarantine. It's hard. Okay. I'm going to say shit. Ooh. Shit. <laughs> shit comes in at number two. At number two. I'll say terminal. Mm, you're both incorrect. It's Rec 2, oh, but with man. a big drop. It's 81% down to 60%. So what is the third highest with 44%? Third highest is only 44% from audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm going to say Rec 4. Genesis. You're both incorrect. It is Quarantine, 44%. <laughs> Damn, just what I said. 34% is the next one. Well, what might it be? Terminal. Genesis. I'm going to give Alex a point. It's actually Quarantine 2 Terminal and also Rec 4 Apocalypse, which gets 34%, leaving Genesis Rec 3 yet again last place with wow. only 28% of the wow. audience wow. score. 28%. So, I mean, huge drop off there for audiences from Rec 1 with 81% to Rec 2 with 60 and then right down in 44%, 34 and 28 And what happened there with the scores? Who won? We tied Everybody. again. We both got one. <laughs> Everybody lost. <laughs> Every, everybody lost five minutes of their lives. <laughs> no, I don't really. It fucking blew me away. One that Genesis. I know people don't like it, but it's that hated. It's really funny that both critics and audience put it last. But a Quarantine Two Terminal gets second second place on the critics list with seventy five percent. I thought was quite. That is mind blowing. It's pretty insane. All right, so let's look at, well, actually, here's what we'd normally talk about video games and all that stuff. Now, there are no official video games. However, there are games that were influenced by Wreck. If you want to play a video game of Wreck, go play Outlast and Outlast 2, and then even the beginning of Resident Evil 7, which then kind of borrowed from Outlast. But Outlast 1 in particular, Alex, you played some of that. Yep, I hated it. Not because it was a bad <laughs> game, but because I got scared. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I played maybe about an hour. Great uh, concept. Hard to though. play a video game when you're in a hood. Mm. It doesn't have the sort of religious... Well, it does have some religious things, actually, but it doesn't have mm. necessarily the zombie things in the same way. It's more sort of slasher monster things, mm. but it does have the video camera, and that's what you're doing is you're filming through that, and you can switch to night vision and things. And oh, yeah. It's spooky. It's a spooky game. Very tense. And that's the closest that you can get. We talked about the comics before. That's about it. There's nothing else to talk about. So let's just get into our... Very brief list. Yeah. This, they haven't really extended the Wreck universe. No. Again, it's our first time doing a foreign language franchise on the horror show. And it's telling that America likes to spin stuff out and the mm. rest of the world doesn't. Favorite protagonist is a big one here because there are a lot of those at least. We can talk about that. Kills hasn't been so easy with this. Like villains, not so easy. But protagonists we could do. We've got Angela played by Manuela Valesco in the first film. In the second one, we've got Angela as well played by Manuela Valesco. And also, is it Jefe? Is that the one? Played by yeah. Oscar Zafra? Yep. He's yep. there pretty much till the end. We've got Clara in the third one, the bride-to-be played by Leticia Dollar. And Coldo, mm -hmm. her, her husband-to-be. Played by Diego Martin. And then in Apocalypse, we're getting Angela back again as Manuela Valesco. And then my favorite, Guzman. Played by Paco Manzanedo as the walking tofu block. <laughs> <laughs> and then in uh, Quarantine, we're getting Angela. Played by Jennifer Carpenter this time. 
And then in Quarantine 2 Terminal, we're getting Jenny, played by Mercedes Mason, and also George, the little kid, played by Maddie Liptak, because technically, the only survivor, other than the cat, I guess. <laughs> Who's your favorite, guys? Jeez. Uh, uh. I feel you have to look at, I feel we can't pick it for one film. So, like, because obviously Angela comes back a bunch. Mm. If you pick Angela, you got to take her entire arc, you know? Yeah. It's going to be everything she does. This one's hard for me because Lara. I want... I want to write, I would love to write Lada. He doesn't make it and he's not a main character. But I did note in my notes to shout him out there. Don't worry. There you go. I feel like most of me would vote on Angela from the first one, Manuela. But I find her so annoying in the first one that I am upset writing that down. But I don't know that I like anybody else more. Okay, Alex. Yeah, it's hard to choose Angela just because I really don't. Just because of how they end her arc in four, she becomes so passive and victimy again, and just sort of a background to Mister Tofu, <laughs> who's not interesting. That it again, it feels kind of disappointing. Can I choose Tristana because she's fucking great? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <I> back. <laughs> you know who I do like from the first one. I really like Manu, who's the firefighter who stays right until the end. Yeah. Oh yeah. Who like helps them? So I'm going to pick Manu. <laughs> You're going to pick Manu. I mean, I don't know if I'll allow it, but sure. Let's do it. Okay. But if I had to pick between, I would actually pick Clara over Angela and Clara. I was going to say, if I have to watch another film with one of these characters returning, it would be Clara. Mm. Like, she got to a place where I was interested in at the end. And obviously, you can't because they die. But I would. I thought she was a good character. And I thought she was a lot of fun. I mean, I much prefer Angela in the first two, even though she's frustrating and, you know, a bit annoying. I think she's a great character. And I think- the actress does a good job with it. But yeah, just what they do with her in Apocalypse annoys me so much. Yeah. It's hard to go back. It's, I think that's like the main thing is, you know, it's justifiable in the first two films how Angela is. But you'd, you'd feel that by the end, you'd want to show her on the front foot and making decisions rather than being sort of forced into them because of circumstance. I think that's what the difference with Clara is. She, she takes action. She's like, okay, I'm going to yeah. do this, 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 this. And that's just more interesting to watch, I think. Yeah, I would I like more, yeah. I would like to shout out the sound team from Rec Three Genesis for inserting a baby crying sound when she touches her belly. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, Jesus! Oh, I forgot about that terrible moment. <laughs> oh man, you mean terrible? terrible. It's fantastic. There are a few terrible things in Rec Three, <laughs> but that's what the, it's like. They're so insane that they're funny. <laughs> Like, I can't imagine them making that decision seriously and thinking no, like, oh. No, of course oh. not seriously. <laughs> they knew it was funny, so but, it's, funny. but it's funny and then it's too- It's so ridiculous. You know. So, when I was trying to think of some of my favorite kills throughout the series, I had to put one down as Goofiest Kill, which is in Rec 3, where when Caldo and one of the, like, staff from that venue are dressed as knights in the night gear and they're walking through- <laughs> The, the waiter man gets pulled behind a curtain and then his Bad shield man. is spat out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, that takes my goofiest kill award. Oh, man. man. I would watch that movie again. I would so too. Would I. Let's do that. Come back to LA, <laughs> Al. We'll have another party. <laughs> I'm on it. Can we at least agree that Guzman's the worst lead character in any of these? Or do yeah. you, is there someone for quarantine that you guys like less? I mean, Angela in quarantine, it's fucking insufferable. But at least the actress is trying. <laughs> I really hated mustache bro sleazebag firefighter in quarantine. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't count him, but yes, I agree. <laughs> but yeah, Guz- Guzman is uh, is pretty bad. 
<laughs> I mean, he, honest to God, honestly, if they had just like allowed Angela to be Angela in that film and changed the ending, it would be, it would be, you know, a decent film. Mm-hmm. Like just between him being the lead and that fucking ending. It's just, oh. All right. Favorite cameraman. We've got Pablo played by Pablo Rosso in number one. We have Rosso played by Pablo Rosso. <laughs> in number three, it's Coldo, isn't it? Is it the, the I mean, I know there's well, a there's, few. Yeah. Because we start off so with a I couple really different cameramen. That. Yeah, there's yeah. like the it's young Coldo. cousin. Coldo's the the groom. Husband. Yeah, but he takes yeah. the, the camera at one point, I think, before he tosses it aside or whatever. But it's like a young he only, cousin. He and only then takes that- it. Sorry, he only takes it when he puts night vision on to go through the vent, and that's oh, like yeah. the last kind of camera moment before we ditch found footage style. You're right. You're right. Um, I mean, we have the official camera guy of the wedding who's hilarious using With a steady his steady cam, yeah, quoting different directors and cinematographers. And things. <laughs> Yeah, and then there's the kid one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the cousin. And then Scott, played by Steve Harris in Quarantine, um, who I fucking hated. Like, he was one of my least favorite things in Quarantine because they want to show the actor, which I appreciated they didn't show Pablo in the first one. And then they have him talking a lot when he gets mm-hmm. the end of the film, which I appreciate you would, but the things he's saying are not good. No. <laughs> not yep. good at all. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, for me, it's Pablo in the first one. Like, again, yeah. I like that we get to be the cameraman. I like that you just see his feet and you hear a little bit from him. I mean, I guess there's a few other in the second one. You got the kids as well. Yep. But I don't know why. I have an affinity with Pablo and I have no idea why. Yeah, I yeah. think it's Pablo by far. Exactly. I mean, if we're looking at this as, you know, as found footage films as well, I mean, the first one is the greatest example of that. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, the best. Easily the best. Do you guys have anything else that you wanted to shout out to in terms of lists or shall we get into our... So I did try and come up with a couple of kills that I liked. I did really enjoy the, I thought the firefighter kill in the first one where he falls off the balcony oh, and yeah. they didn't tell the actors like that was just, yeah, it had such an impact for me as a viewer and to see the real reaction of the actors was, yeah. was really cool. I thought in the second one, I can't remember, I remember how he was bitten, but the whole sequence with Tito, the young boy after he was bitten and then sort of interrogated when he was tied yeah. up. I thought that whole sequence was just really cool mm. and really well played. And, and I thought it was just then interesting to see that because that was then really showing that overlap of he's a zombie, but he's possessed and the demon's going to be speaking through him. And I thought that was cool. But my actual favorite kill is from Wreck 3. And it's right at the end when Clara and Caldo kiss and she bites his tongue out of his mouth. Oh, <laughs> God. Ridiculous. And she's in the wedding dress and his dress is just like... They're actually quite a cool... There are a few in three that are just really bloody and kind of fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah. none are as fun as the quarantine one where the cameraman kills the zombie again and again with the camera lens. Oh, I did not boy. like that at all. In yeah, fact, yeah, I it like really that, for about five me seconds off. And then it's <laughs> terrible. I'd like to shout out the zombie... Alex's favorite zombie from Genesis who's just air-fucking at the very, very end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think he deserves a solid yeah. shout-out. Definitely, yeah. definitely. <laughs> and it's started a perturbing trend with us now in our group <laughs> chats to do with Airfuck. Yeah. He, um, oh, another goofy kill was the Rec 4 cooked monkey. Oh, my oh God. God. Yeah. Yeah. The CGI monkeys. <sighs> Fuck. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, honestly, I'm really struggling now because we're going to go into our list and uh, talking about these films has made me think, oh, shit, Rethink. I need to juggle a lot of things. <laughs> so let's... Put these movies in order from worst to favorite. Who's got a solid? Who's for sure? Because I'm still rethinking something. I've got a solid list. Okay, let's start. Let's go with Ali first. Okay. Because since you're ready, Alex. 
his For our listeners who don't know, Ali did put her hand up. Yes, you can't hear me. I'm not just going. But my hand is raised like a good little student. Alex is ready. Let's move to someone else. (laughs) Alex is like, I'm ready. Great. Ali, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll start at number six where I have... I also would like to say that this is the easiest time I've had ordering films in any franchise that I've ever done. Really? Yes. This is one of the hardest I've ever had. I think Halloween took me the longest, but they like the middle bit always takes me the longest. And I had a very easy time lining all these up. Well, it's also because normally there's a lot of films. So well, that's what made Halloween so hard is there were 11 yeah. episodes or 10 films. I guess. 12, I think. 12? No. Is it 11, 11. movies? Well, with the, with the new, well, it's nine up to Resurrection and then to the, the two Halloween ones, Rob Lumpy ones, I mean, 10, 11, and then the new one, 12. The new no, hang on, sorry, eight up no, to I Resurrection. Think, yeah. Nine, 10, 11. You're right, 11 films. My yep. bad. 12 episodes with 12 our wrap up. Go check it out. There you go. Uh, <laughs> number six, I have Rec 4 Apocalypse. Number five. Hang on. Hang on. I want to I wreck for Apocalypse. Okay, so... Tofu Man. Okay. I mean, really? Okay. Because of Tofu Man or the ending or... Just because I I felt indifferent about it, which is a horrible thing. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, I don't disagree, but... I don't think I... I called it out when we covered this episode, but I think the funniest thing for this, that film for me was that I had kind of stopped paying attention to the film at one point and written down my predicted ending which i thought was ridiculous and silly and then it actually happened with the fish being infected yes. <laughs> that's insane and that was just the most unbelievable part like i had legitimately <laughs> just tuned out and was like i'm just gonna write <laughs> that's not a goofy bit that you look back on retroactively and go oh that's brilliant no i had written it down like <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if this happened because this is just like i just lost i just didn't really did care it, though. they made you so i started so doing that instead and then they actually followed through on it all right so number which six, i guess means i should be a writer <laughs> number, number five. five i have quarantine oh really yeah okay. i know okay. we've gone back we went back and forth on this a lot last week when we reviewed that episode but i still or two weeks ago i guess i still just sure technically writing acting it's better made than other films in this franchise but because i feel so close to the first wreck it just pisses me off more and it's just it really bothers me and i can't <laughs> it's very hard to divorce that it is it is and it's I mean, I don't watch films with a technical eye at all, so I don't notice them as much. I notice narrative more. And so that's why for me, this is a very easy bottom of the list film. Uh, Number four, I have Quarantine 2 Terminal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I have nothing else to say. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. I don't have anything else to say either. Number three, I have Wreck 2. Wreck 2 at number three. Yep. Interesting. Okay, because I remember, I feel, I mean, you really have, because I feel at the time you weren't that big on Wreck 3, were you? No. <laughs> okay. But that's I what mean, I was saying earlier, changed. is this always, this well, the happened. the bar is just very low. <laughs> it's just when I go back and reread it, I have such funny memories in my head that me having fun with that makes it go up higher, which is exactly what happened in Texas Chainsaw Wrap Up. Yep, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so then that's at number sense. two, I have Wreck 3 Genesis. Because it's okay, ridiculous good. and hilarious. Even <laughs> at number two, wreck. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? Yeah. I, after hearing all those uh, Rotten Tomato scores, whoever's, anyone listening to this podcast is going to hate us. Oh, yeah. Um, Everybody listening. I'm very so. sorry, but this, this is just how I feel. So then, of course, number okay, one, you have an the original wreck. Can't be beat. Yep. 
There's a lot of really wonderful things going for it. And it's just, you can't remake that magic. Alex, so. can you remake that magic? Is anything above Wreck in your list? Let's find out. Number six. Let me just say that uh -oh. if Wreck fans listening to this hate Ali, you're also going to hate me. Woo Coming in number at number one, six, Rec I have <laughs> Wreck 4 Apocalypse. Nice. You've both got the same number six. Yeah. So, you know, again, it's just such a, it's such a frustrating, disappointing end for me. It just, for me, it kind of, it took the elements that I really liked about the first three films and, and yeah, kind of sort of wrote them out. The whole Tristana backstory and the cool possession stuff, it sort of made way for more science-based bioweapon Resident Evil style zombie film. But then also in saying that, it just, the characters weren't interesting. Angela didn't have a really nice arc. So, yeah, it was. Is and then the, the ending. Yep. Okay, good. Her narrative arc. Yeah. Just checking. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I said arc. Okay. <laughs> I was mad for a second. I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't say ass. Otherwise, yeah. And just the, the ending, the ending with the parasite, you know, being eaten by a fish and this whole idea that it <laughs> finds a strong host. And, and it was just like, okay, so it's not as like a, that's not a demonic thing. It's just a parasitic. Ah, fuck that. Anyway, still very upset. Next in my list is at five is quarantine. Five is quarantine. Okay. So, I don't know. You two yeah. both the same right now? Yeah. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Quarantine is my number five. Say, same reasons as Ali. It's so hard to detach the films, uh, Quarantine and Wreck. You know, I think- and, and even when I do take a step back and I'm like, okay, if I just watch Quarantine for itself, I think I would find it enjoyable, but I wouldn't necessarily find myself thinking, oh, what's going to come next in the series? But also being so attached to Wreck, it's, yeah, it's just lacks invention and it's just not as interesting. I, mean, I just found it very boring and I found the performances, yeah, not as grounded and as sincere and real. Mm. So, Quarantine. Mm. Coming in at number four is Quarantine Terminal. <laughs> okay. Did you two team up? <laughs> so yeah, Ali and I, Ali and I Alex got together Alex texted me this morning and was like, I didn't do my homework. Can you send me yours? <laughs> I yeah. sent him a picture yeah. and said, just make sure you change exactly. something so it's not obvious. Yeah. And so far he hasn't. That's why Rec mm -hmm. 3 is going to be at number one when we get exactly. there. Exactly. So far, so good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I appreciated this film just for, it, for its um, invention and its it's attempt to kind of try something a bit different with the series. I, I still think this whole American sort of reboot kind of shoots itself in the foot by making it a whole sort of rabies sort of thing because, you know, there's there's better versions of that type of story that you can watch and see. But I but I appreciated its its attempt at, at, at creating something different and having a different setting and, and that that's what kind of gets it ahead for me of those other two. Okay. At number three <laughs> is Wreck Two. Woo! Fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Alex. I told you to change it. I just Look, can't I believe, really... like, I mean, I'm not saying where it is on my list, but I was the one who was the most up on Genesis and you both ended up putting it, I presume, at number two, which is... <laughs> <laughs> Look, I really, I really enjoyed Wreck 2. I enjoyed that, that it follows on from the story. I liked the two found footage perspectives. I think some of the acting is very melodramatic and over the top, which sort of takes it out of the 
found footage style as well as some of the cinematography as we talked about earlier some of the sort of very sort of deliberate and planned shots sort of remove it from sort of take it outside of the found footage style a bit but i appreciate it and I, I do really like it but as we keep saying i enjoyed it as a double bill and i encourage everyone to watch rec one and rec two together and so i'm almost kind of looking at them as one sort of one sort of story uh, as one sort of one film so it puts it down slightly so number two is rec three genesis <laughs> i'm gonna laugh so hard when <laughs> Alice we've got the same is exactly list. the same <laughs> And this is, yeah, it's as we've gone through these films and I've slowly just become more and more disappointed with, um, well, from, from three onwards, I guess, with the way that the Spanish series ended and then just with Quarantine being a beat for beat remake and Terminal sort of being its own funny little thing. My, my feelings on Rec 3 have just sort of grown and grown. I, I, I've, <laughs> I would actually, yeah, I would go back and watch this again. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. You make a I drinking think, game out of it. I, yeah, yeah. I think it's sort of, it's still tied in to the universe and the elements from Rec 1 and 2 that I really enjoy, but it's its own sort of standalone film that, that I think has the right amount of sort of flavor and invention to make it its own thing while still being tied into that world. And, and I appreciate that and I enjoy that. I really liked the, the found footage start and then shifting over to, to just a regular film. And looking back, I do like the kind of cartoony moments of it all. And Clara is just, yeah, this, she's a badass, but in a kind of cartoony over the top way. And I just sort of appreciate the fun of this film, I think. And the air fucking is hilarious. There's like so many goofy moments in this, but, but it's. That's why. And that's the real reason it's at number two is the air fucking. It's the air fucking. Yeah. Like, but there's the so many goofy that we've had on the horror show ever is from both of you. <laughs> yeah, like, not that you really mean, hated it, but yeah, I think at the time it just it didn't feel like it fit into the world of those first two films. But after Apocalypse, you know, for me it's like okay, well, it actually does still narratively it still feels very tied into Rec One and Two. But as far as how that story's told and um, Paco Plaza like having his own chance to tell the story it feels yeah like this spin-off and it's just like cool he's making different crazy choices and um it's a bit goofy and comedic at some points but it's still linked and i appreciate that because it's just like a, it's a new fresher perspective on mm -hmm. what is essentially still the same universe so i can value that and i appreciate that more and more because it's still all linked into everything that i love so it definitely gets yeah, it, it jumps ahead of rec 2 just because of that fact of feeling like rec 1 and 2 should be enjoyed as as Sure. As a double bill. So yeah, number one, hands down, easy choice is, is Rec 1. I think this is a really, really well handled and accomplished found footage film. I think for me, it ticks all the boxes for why I like found footage. It feels raw, gritty. The characters are very believable as real people. I like that's the emphasis for me is they feel very believable as real people um, and not sort of actors playing scenes and, and you know, reading very scripted lines. I really liked the twist at the end. And, you know, it's it's just it's an adrenaline ride with the whole sort of chasing, screaming zombies. But then it just gets so spooky and unsettling when we get to the penthouse at the end and we see Tristana in the dark. And that was such a surprise for me. I was not expecting it. And yeah, and none of the other films, there was nothing that caught me by surprise quite like that ending of Rec 1. And I think, yeah, I think it's it, it's it's miles ahead of every other film in this in this franchise. and. Yeah, it's it's a great found footage film, and I encourage people to to go and 
definitely watch rec one and and not worry about the rest if they don't want to (laughs) (laughs) well i'm gonna mix things up guys now, I want to be clear about one thing. Well, I've enjoyed <laughs> Did you just change your list? Did you just change your list as you we heard all had us? The same? No, no, just before, just before you guys talked, actually, as we were doing this podcast. Yeah, what I've enjoyed is like you guys both saying feelings are coming into it a lot. You know, the feelings of quarantine's too close and that pisses you off. The feelings of apocalypse, like fuck things up and that pisses you off. The feeling, you know, like there's a lot of to do with attachment to wreck. Which is nice mm-hmm. on something so sh- short. Because there are definitely some franchises we, we do where I think we're just like, yeah, just do what the fuck you want. <laughs> just make it fun or make it interesting. Don't worry. Um, but we're quite sacred to what Rex started. So I want to make something very clear. There are six films here and there is a huge, huge line in the middle. Um, there's a massive line. There are three that I would definitely recommend. And there are three which I just say, don't even waste your time. Like that's genuinely it. And you could put, to be honest, those bottom three in whatever order you want. It doesn't matter. I honestly, all like six root of five, uh, sorry, six root of four. I don't, who cares? But <laughs> if I'm forced to put them in order and it really was hard, like unlike Ali, I found it's very tough. And the reason why I found it tough is because I do, I'm trying to, so like, I'm glad you guys want your feelings on it because I'm going to try and separate myself and just go with how well do they succeed at doing what they're trying to do? You know, just looking at them objectively as a film, which means that my sixth place is Quarantine 2 Terminal, which- Surprising. No, I mean, I just don't like this movie. Like, I mean, I want to be clear. Like, I agree, like, it's got some ambition, but I think all the ambition is from one, maybe two people sitting down in, like, a, you know, a bathtub and just going, oh, on a plane. And there's a lot of zombie films that have, like, brushed with that stuff. But that was it. Like, that's as far as the invention goes for me. After then, it's all downhill. And the execution is never, like, memorable. Like, there's nothing in it that sticks in my brain at all. My, I didn't hate the lead girl i thought she was fine but yeah they don't have fun with it and they don't make it spooky it's just a very very bog standard straight to dvd film but not even shot that well and if they had just done the found footage thing of which we talked about in our podcast there's so much opportunity for that i think it could have been a much just at least tenser film and at least visually more interesting but they don't and so for me it's just incredibly forgettable so that's right down at the bottom for me at number five for me is wreck for apocalypse which yeah, like again, if you if you let Angela, I don't think it's as bad as we all feel it is. I don't because I think it comes from that attachment of this is the last one and it made me super angry. But again, if you if you let Angela be Angela and be the lead and you don't have the fish ending, <laughs> I genuinely think it's a fine film. Like it'd be fine. Like it's shot actually very well. Like it's shot much better than Quarantine 2, like by miles, mm-hmm. miles better. And it's got some cool visual moments in it. The zombies are really cool in it, how they look and stuff. But yeah, it's just that fucking lead saps all the life out of it for me. And then it leaves a very bad taste in your mouth at the end. And again, if there was at least one more where you know, oh, the next one's amazing, then it's a stopgap and you're like, okay, but it's not. <laughs> so that, that, you know, makes it a very bitter experience. But just taken on its own as a movie, I think it's a better film than Quarantine 2 uh, by quite a long way, actually. And then Quarantine at number four for me, again, doesn't need to exist. Like I... I look at remakes and I don't mind. I'm quite happy to have remakes. I even stand up. For, I think we talked about uh, Let Me In, uh, the remake of Let the Right One In. And it's very similar, but it at least has a visual style of its own and it has its own moods that's a little different. There's nothing here that's different other than the camera in the face kill. Like, there's nothing here <laughs> that's inventive. And it makes me really angry. But again, if I'm separating myself and just looking at it just purely as a movie, it's... It's not that much worse than the original Wreck, but it just does everything a little bit 
less that you know that builds in somewhere it's not the same film at all so it's just a photocopy and because i hate that as a filmmaker i would like to put that last but looking at it practically i don't think i can but yeah any of these three put in whatever order you want they, they're all last for me i think all three of those films don't died <laughs> for number six and i think we all at least agreed on that those three were all in our last three yeah which means that my number number three is wreck three genesis Oh, I thought you were going to stop uh, there. Big pause there. I was like, there. I was like what? It's Wreck. Excuse you. Wreck <laughs> uh, 3 Genesis is my number three. I liked it the most uh, when we did the podcast and I'm placing it lower than <laughs> you guys. <laughs> I do think it has its problems. Like when I watched it, yeah, there are things in there that don't add up. I think if it had executed everything as well as it's trying to, it would be higher on this list. But it's really refreshing and I totally, I would say I totally respect the people who enjoy it, but no one seems to enjoy it. So I want to put it higher because, yeah, I think people should be encouraged to just give this film a fair shot because I think it's an, a really nice little made film, film that's fun. And not quite, you know, it's not up to the standards of a Shaun of the Dead or anything like that, but it's a good little a good little horror comedy. And then number two is Wreck 2 for me, which, yeah, it wasn't as good as I remembered. It's not as good as Wreck 1. And I, that's what I thought it would be my number one film when we started this series. But I really like the switching the cameras and I really, really like the stuff at the end where, yeah, they're looking down hallways and things look different. It's goofy, but even just stuff like that sort of black well that one of them gets dragged into, like, there's just the stuff that I wish the series had continued with to make it spookier. And, and Lara. Instead, as we said, yes, of course. <laughs> The, who could forget that character nobody um, yeah and again as we said it before if you want a continuation of this but dumber but still fun grave encounters is where to go to grave encounters one and two and wreck of course at number one really i mean again it's not it's a classic it is a classic that doesn't mean it's perfect it has its problems but i do think it's a classic film and one of the best found footage films it's up there for me with Blair witch project and cloverfield and the troll hunter and um fuck I've forgotten all my found footage films now, but they're the big ones. But, you know, obviously they're great little ones. But it's really, really good. I really enjoyed it. A whole bunch. Because, like, sort of looking back at the whole franchise, you know, we, we came into this starting our horror found footage retrospective journey, kind of leading into other found footage franchises. Mm-hmm. And I feel that, yeah, you can only really look at Rec 1 and I guess Rec 2, but Rec 1 really being the kind of the found footage film of the whole series. No, for sure. Um, yeah, we will get back to found footage at some point in the future with paranormal activity films, but that's not what we're doing next. And I will talk about that in a second. But before we get there, I don't know if you guys <laughs> had any ideas, but did you have any pitches on if they do bring this back on either side of the the ocean, what you would be hoping for? <laughs> yes. Go, Ali. I went probably got the for same the list. idea anyway. You, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you just copied my homework. So if you want to go ahead and steal yeah. my thunder, go for it. Well, I was thinking about, I mentioned it, I think throughout some of these podcasts of, of wanting to see a prequel style film to do with Tristana um, and maybe when the priest brought her to that, that apartment and what he was trying to kind of plan. And I was sort of thinking about it again the other day. I was like, well, it's found. How can you do found footage with that? Because that's like the interesting thing. How do you reinvent like a found footage style? Paranormal Activity 3 does it really well where it's like, oh, we'll go VHS. So you have like really grainy footage which is really cool, really cool take. And I was like, how can we do that with this? And I was thinking, you know, in in Rec 1, we have the priest recording. So maybe it could be like, you know, the film, it could be one of those films where it's like half found footage style and then just regular film. And it could be, you know, that we're listening to parts of his audio and like maybe he had 
video reels as well where he was filming these experiments and so the film kind of opens with with us getting the audio of those experiments and then like this super grainy old film reel stuff of him conducting before we are then taken into that time and we sort of then see how that expands and how he's sort of terrorized by Tristana and his experiments that's where that's ideally where I'd see it go Okay, and so you definitely want to go back to found footage then. That's yeah, like to elements of it okay. for sure. I think yeah. I think because I was just trying to think of ways of like how do you do it in a way that sort of not reinvents it, but it makes it interesting again. But I would like to see. I like the spooky possession element, so I'd want to then go back. But then it's like if we're going back, then camera technologies. How do you accommodate camera and audio technology of that time? So it would be something yep. like that. Ali. So I my idea is. We'll have our main group of people who are all who all know each other, who are all friends, and they are wandering around at night and they wander into this apartment building. And I again, I haven't seen many found footage films and I didn't start thinking about this until I started writing this pitch where maybe it does happen that they actually stumble upon a camera and literally find footage and watch what's on there to see like give you a little preview of the events that are about to accord to the our main characters so i want that to happen to them where they actually find a camera find this footage and see glimpses of what we've been seeing throughout this entire series of this sort of human rabies thing and i want the tone to be pretty light and comedic i'm sure that's shocking to anyone who knows me <laughs> not a musical well actually oh shit i wrote go. brackets musical and a question mark because i don't know that it's really necessary but i'd be open to the idea but i'm not Is saying 100 sure yes it needs to be a musical but i do want it to be a comedy musical we'll talk about that later but for now i'd be happy with it being either so they find this camera they see the attacks that we're familiar with but it's not with any characters that we've seen before so we don't necessarily know if it's the same night the same place the same whatever and when they find the camera it's pretty beat up and rusted and broken and cracked and they're in like the place is just deserted and we're going to see that the camera has some dried blood on it and it's because it's broken whoever's holding it gets a cut on their hand and it comes in contact with the dried blood so then you fucking you got a full well going on. not really because <laughs> and i'm sorry i'm a horrible podcaster because i do things like raise my hand and show visuals that the people listening can't hear but i'm holding up a visual of a bracket outlining the center of my page basically saying i don't know the entire middle part of the movie because i'm not a writer <laughs> which if happens. you've heard any of my pitches ever on any of these podcasts it'd be very clear to you that i'm not a writer I mean, it's the hardest bit for any screenplay if i the middle bit is where just stuff happens yeah so stuff happens you can play it out in your head. But the end is going to end with... <laughs> What's the song and dance numbers? <laughs> We're going to end with a pretty harsh cut to another security camera that is looking at all the people in this building that we haven't seen up until this point. And they're all going to look ridiculous. Like they're all just acting like zombies and like walking around. And there's not really any blood anywhere. Nothing big is happening. And we're going to pull away from the security cameras to see a room full of people wearing escape room shirts watching all the kids in this screen and it's going to end with one of them saying how much acid did they all take and then the movie will end <laughs> nice i think you should definitely turn to our friend paco plaza for that one. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Will there great. be any air fucking? Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing is when we cut out and they're all just tripping on acid, acting like zombies, it's going to be exactly what we saw at the end of Genesis with air fucking, Ellie. weird like Tourette's like positions and just people making noises that they think zombies sound like, but it's not. Alex is counting out the money for you right now. The Thank green you. Green light is above his head. We could also <laughs> yeah. do this as a short film. It doesn't have to be a full-length feature. Oh, it needs to be a feature. Yeah. Okay. We need at least a three-hour <laughs> epic of musical zombie songs. I think a $12 million budget should suffice. Well, yeah. if you can do a found okay. footage, then yeah. Uh, excellent. Thank you. Thank you, Ali. As always. Do you have any ideas, Al? <laughs> I do, actually. I hadn't. But then as we've been talking, I've noted down three ideas. Now, I don't. just to be clear, I don't think there's much saving this franchise. <laughs> So these are all uh, not tongue in cheek. I, I would fair. genuinely watch them, but I don't think, you know, other than just doing a hard reset, which if they bring it back, which I'm sure they will at some point, it's probably all they'll do because someone in America owns the rights to this still and will just, yeah, reboot it and probably call it Wreck at that point, you know. So if they're following on, I mean, if they're following on from quarantine, it was leading into Vegas. And I said that at the end of that podcast, I would totally see a Vegas like film, um, but you just need so much fucking money. <laughs> lots and lots of money but i'd want it to be like a zombie land style sort of fun you know sort of feel to it i would totally watch that the ones i'm more interested in is if you literally followed on for wreck for apocalypse <laughs> and we got that old fish thing in the ocean yeah then what they i want find then atlantis. Is it, it's kinda, it needs to do one of two things it needs to change genre for sure so then that fish thing has to like bring back because there's a lot of dead bodies in the ocean so it's like can we just bring back and possess like the dead bodies in the ocean and have them like rising out as a kind of, you know, Army. George Romero style zombie film sort of thing. But they're just coming out of the ocean and they're all seaweedy. Or seaweedy. It, seaweedy, yeah. Um, it's a technical term. Or the fish thing at the end of Wreck 4 Apocalypse runs into Godzilla down there. And they team up as like a sort of possessed Godzilla. My, f- my genuine favorite one that I want to do, though, is I am more interested in the spooky church stuff of it even though i don't really like church ones don't really scare me much but there's something about the balance of zombies and the church stuff in this that i like so i was thinking sort of along the same line as you ali but in a different way like that first film and the second film you see a lot of people outside now there's no way that no one who's outside isn't interested in what's happening so i would like to follow in the lines of what the other ones were but with new characters so i'd like to follow a different reporter team like a girl and a guy again so it's similar to like wreck but new people who were outside the apartment block as everything was happening and they didn't believe the bullshit that they were being fed and maybe they see some of the things like going on like add another kind of dimension to that outside section and then they went and started investigating it and actually track it back to the vatican so by the time you start the film you're already with them in this like bus on the way to the vatican and the whole thing is like yeah it's spooky catacombs in the vatican utilizing that kind of night vision thing to see different parts of the building and things like that and take it really into terrifying church spookies with a new reporter team yeah and that could sort of get you back to the feel but without just literally following on with the characters kind of thing i mean that's what what i would like what if going back to your ocean idea it's Mm. it's this film could be directed by james wan and it could join universes <laughs> with Aquaman and, and The Conjuring. <laughs> we could get Annabelle in. I mean, I did also think, yeah, couldn't we just get Wreck and Quarantine to join up where like Angela turns up off the boat and she's in Vegas. And both Angelas <laughs> meet each other. They're like, you're Angela? Yeah. I'm Angela. Yeah. You're a reporter? You're I'm a reporter. <laughs> <laughs> I would pay for that scene. <laughs> and then the Spanish one just kills the American one. With a camera. 
All very good, guys. Very pleased that we have figured it out. The Rex series is saved. <laughs> I will say <laughs> that plenty overall, Plenty of ideas guys, right there for you. Well, I said there's three <laughs> that I just don't recommend at all. It's a bit like, there's nothing terrible here, you know? Like, Terminal is boring for me. Four annoyed me because of what came before. And Quarantine is just pointless. But none of them are terrible. Yeah. And that's kind of rare. Like, normally there's yeah, something I, ghastly. I, and I feel like you could probably drop into most of these films without seeing any of the ones before it and still yeah, enjoy something, something from out them. Of it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe only four would be a bit confusing, but yeah, I agree. I do want to say quickly, the two directors again, we talked a little bit about it before. Paco Plaza, he did go on, like he'd done some films before the Rex series, which I don't really recommend. I know some people like Roma Santa. Um, it wasn't for me. And he did a film called Second Name. But he did go on to do Veronica, which came out in 2017. It was in Netflix. It was, there was a lot of hype around it. Of, no one can finish Veronica. People are crying and all of this stuff. And it was a big Netflix <laughs> sort of lie because it's really not that scary but it is a decent little film and i definitely think it's um worth checking out it's not comedic it is more something you might expect from jama it is more of a proper spooky to do with supernatural sort of ouija stuff um, but it's nicely shot it's got a good mood to it um, and i definitely recommend people check out yeah veronica and as i've said before from jama I haven't seen Muse. I've actually just got it through and I was hoping to watch it in time for this and I didn't get to. But highly, highly, highly recommend Sleep Tight, which is the film he did when Paco was doing Rec 3. Um, I think it's the best film that Jama's done. I think it's the best film out of the entire Rec series and Jama and Paco's work. I think it's the best thing either of them have ever been involved with. Uh, even though, yeah, I mean, it's very, very different from Rec. But I think it's an excellent Hitchcockian thriller and should definitely be seen by more people. And I'd still be excited for checking out new films from these, these directors. Interesting. Okay, guys. <laughs> we're done now. We are done with the recording films. I'll tell you what we're doing next in a second. But again, please do go to We Are Geeks on your iTunes, subscribe and rate to us. It helps us out. And also, you can learn all about our first feature film, Starfish, by going to starfishmixtape.com, starfishmixtape.com, where you can patch out to those social medias, learn on the website where you can see it, how you can support us, see some little clips from it, all of that stuff. It's all there. I am Mr. Al White on all the social medias, as well as the Xbox, where, what am I playing? Actually, I was just trying some of the, um, what's it called? It's a different Royale game, which is essentially Fortnite, but with ponies, and I kind of like it. Interesting. And completely free. Completely free. Uh, Alex, where can people send you found footage cassette tapes? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Alexander Chard. Send me all your found footage. Thank you. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Ali Sue, Ali with a Y. Honestly, guys, thank you both for joining me. I had a real fun time watching all these <laughs> movies with you guys, talking about them. But I have to move on now because next week neither of you are coming back. You both get a little break, which good for you. Bye. <laughs> As the Weird Geeks Horror Show, we're going to be bringing back Katie Watson, and we're going to have newcomer to the horror show, Shannon Hollander. Woo! Who people will know from uh, some of our separate podcasts, our regular shows, I should say, but not from the horror show because she doesn't like horror films. So what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> and we're going to be dealing with something different. I thought I need a break from the franchises. So I thought I know it'll be easy. Instead of watching seven films, let's watch 14 films. So I stupidly <laughs> decided to start a new Versus series. And the first ones we're doing are every 80s slasher film that we haven't covered yet that had a remake. So we've already done Friday the 13th, we've already done Nightmare on Elm Street, and us three are going to be doing Child's Play later in the year because we've done the original and the remake. It's on the way, guys. Just a couple of months out, whatever it is. But we hadn't done a whole host 
of other ones which got remakes. So we are going to be tackling uh, next week. Sorry, my brain is gone. The Fog and the Fog remake. Prom Night and then the Prom Night remake. My Bloody Valentine and then the My Bloody Valentine remake. House and Sorority Row and Sorority Row remake. Silent Night, Deadly Night and the Silent Night remake. And then finally, April Fool's Day and the April Fool's Day uh, remake. If you listen to one of our podcasts, we were talking about Mother's Day. I've gone back and fixed that stuff. Uh, We took it out. 80s slasher remakes. That's what we're doing. And if you're arguing at right now, going, that's not all of the 80s slasher remakes, then keep listening to podcasts because I'm going to get into it and I'm going to explain what I see as a slasher film and what counts for me. And also get your own fucking podcast and do it. (laughs) Basically can talk about whatever films we want to. But yeah, I'm excited for that, even though it's going to be a lot more work. Uh, we're going to pick a winner at the end of each podcast for whether the original or the remake. It's going to be a new format. It could go horribly wrong. The podcast could be way too long because essentially we're doing this to like we're dissecting two films in each podcast. But hey ho, what can you do? We're in it now. <laughs> hey ho. Shannon might walk off at any point. <laughs> so look forward to that and I'll draft one of you guys back in. Oh boy. You can just do the best <laughs> Shannon voice. Hopefully, I'll see last you guys. Names. Yeah, it's true. I mean, arguably too similar. <laughs> She's just got a little bit more thought at the end of it. Yeah. Well, mm. hey, I didn't pick it. Get it. I hope to have you guys back at some point in the future. Oh, we'll be back. You ha- cannot we'll get rid back. of us that easily. And if not before then, then people will hear you guys on the Child's Play in June. But Woo. until next week, guys, we are out. That's a wrap and wreck and geeks. Adios, friends. Bye. Bye. <laughs>